With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is episode 12 and we have our most exciting episode today. Tonight we are talking to downtown Bruno. Stick around. This is the Oversell Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I'm Dan. Hi, Mike. We're here to talk <laughs> a little professional there. wrestling. <laughs> Tonight, we have, I think this is our biggest episode to date. We have a guy, I grew up watching every oh, Saturday we morning. all grew up we're watching. On Saturday morning wrestling. Uh, he actually made his debut on my fifth birthday. Uh, this is how I knew this interview was supposed to happen. Uh, November 8th, 1986. Five five fifteen birthday. We're joined by downtown Bruno. Down, downtown Bruno, thank you for being on the show. I've got nothing to say. He's got nothing <laughs> to say. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> that concludes this episode of the Oversell Podcast. You know, uh, <laughs> now bear in mind <clears throat> that was my debut on Channel Five. Yes, sir. It was not my debut in the business. I broke in April tenth. No, I'm sorry, April eighth, nineteen seventy nine. Wow. That was my, uh, and I had been working for the Memphis uh, organization for a while before that, before my TV debut. But that was my actual TV debut, which is what you said on your birthday. That was your exact birthday? November 8th, 1981 was my, was my oh, birthday. Oh, 81. I thought maybe. Well, no, but I was five years old. And that, I think that's when dad started making me watch wrestling every Saturday morning. Oh, okay. It was around, right around when I was five years old. Now, my math isn't exactly good. Does that make 40 years in the business yet, Bruno? No, I started in 79. This is 2015. It's 36 years in the business. Yeah, you're creeping up on it, though. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's amazing that I'm only 29 years old. Like, hey. <laughs> well, you look at 36 years in the business, so uh, it's, a, it's an act of uh, a freak of nature. And see, that's, that's how good you are, that you have 10 more years than you are older in yeah. the business. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what 36 years in the business makes me? What's that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 30, 37 is how old I am. So you're, you've almost got as many years in the business as I am old. So It's tiresome, man. But, I mean, it, it paid for this building we're sitting in and uh, pays for what I'm driving. And, uh, you know, I've got, I got almost oh, $1,000 in the bank almost. Hey, almost. Hey. <laughs> almost. <laughs> and that's what matters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's we're on the road this week. We're actually in the humble abode of downtown Bruno, who is better known by some of you WWE fans as Harvey Whippleman, and uh, has been uh, in what three WrestleManias? Damn! See, I'm I'm not the one to keep up with stuff like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, I, I'm being honest with you on that. I'm not one to keep up. I'd say I know I was in. I know you managed Sid at eight. Sid at eight. I managed. No, I've been in four WrestleManias because I managed Sid at eight. Uh, I managed uh, Gonzalez. Gonzalez, two WrestleManias back to back against Undertaker. Okay. 
and then I managed uh, Adam Bomb against Earthquake. Okay. At uh, WrestleMania 10. Wait a minute. Did it? No, I take it back. One of those Undertaker matches was SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was three. Maybe I should just shut up and let y'all talk. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I I, I want to be there when this happens, and I know it's eventually going to happen, but I honestly, and you, I know you may feel differently about this, but I honestly feel you deserve a spot in the Hall of Fame. We've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. Uh, I, you know, me and you being friends has no bearing on this whatsoever. Absolutely not, because uh, getting to know you as one of my best friends not just in the business, but personally, um, just the fact of how much you've done in the wrestling business alone, you know, as one of the greatest all-time managers, you know. And we actually, we had our, we, we had a mock, uh, what do we call it? The, the Mount, Mount Rushmore. Mount wrestling. Rushmore of Mount Managers. And I had you up there with Bobby Heenan and, and uh, J.J. Dillon and, you know, and some of these other – Derek and Mike both had you up there too, I believe. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I mean, hey, if, if uh, WWE ever sees fit to give me that uh, accolade, I'll certainly take it with uh, open arms, you know. But uh, as like you said, and I feel the same way, you and me are best of friends. Mm-hmm. I never got in the business to get awards and trophies and uh, – Whatever I got in the business to, to uh, support my wife, support myself, and make a living. Mm-hmm. And uh, anything else that comes after that is fine. And I appreciate everybody calling me a legend and this, that, and the other. Well, that's, that's fine, but, you know, that don't pay the bills. And I'm, I'm, yeah. just, mm-hmm. I'm just fortunate enough to make a living for many years in a uh, business that most of the time I enjoy. And uh, Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, uh, has it has its moments. Well, you know uh, – as in, as, as cussing is is allowed on this podcast or no cussing? A little bit. No, you, yeah. You can you can feel free. You can cuss. We put the explicit tag on this iTunes because sometimes I get a little carried away. Right. So <laughs> let nothing, it go. All right. Yeah. Nothing yeah. major. Nothing major. I'm not going to start MF this and everything. Nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like this. Gordon Soley, who I know all of y'all remember. Oh, yes, yeah. Gordon right. Soley told me one thing: the only constant in the wrestling business is change. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I always remember that because it's true. It's constantly evolving and constantly changing. That's true. But, and my dear late friend Gordon, if he was still alive today, I would call him to the side and say, Gordon, you're right to an extent. There is one constant that never changes. And he would say, well, what is that, my friend? And I would say, egos and assholes. Yeah. Because (laughs) that has never changed. No matter Mm. what uh, year, era, whatever in the business that's two things that never change i don't have to repeat it over and over. i just say it one time mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like the i was just saying i'm like bill cosby i don't ever cuss but he does a lot worse than cussing oh man but i and uh i i believe i've said this quote over and over again as well on uh multiple episodes is like and you're in <laughs> the friend that i'm always talking about that i talk about that i've talked about this with is downtown bruno uh-huh and I, I, me and him have come to this conclusion on multiple occasions. If you're ever short of assholes, drug dealers, criminals, thieves, <laughs> you know, in your life of any kind, alcoholics, whatever, get into the wrestling business and you'll have plenty in no time. <laughs> yeah, let me, yeah, well, let me say this. On a small indie level mm-hmm. of people that don't make a living at it, yes. Yes. Once you get to the point of making a living, drug dealers are you know, not around, not involved. Mm-hmm. When you get to the level of WWE, forget it. There's no drugs. Mm-hmm. 
No, no. that's that's pretty much what I meant. I, I didn't mean WWE, but I mean, right. I mean, I'm in on the indie level. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, because bear in mind, these people are not in our business. Mm-hmm. The people that are trying to, to work on weekends, but they work at the auto parts store during the week. And the people that are, you know, I'm a promoter. They run one show a month or they have a little uh, barn or whatever. They're not in our business. They're leeches. Mm-hmm. You know, they wrestle with a T-shirt on. They were never even trained. They trained themselves in the ring. Those aren't people in our business. Yeah, the alcoholics and the drug dealers and the and the and the goofs. They wouldn't last four minutes in the old days back in our territories. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't last four minutes. They wouldn't last. They couldn't even get in the door at WWE. Yeah, because this is professional wrestling, correct, or sports entertainment. And the bottom line is, it's what we do for a living. It's how we pay our bills. Mm-hmm. This is my life. You know, I make fun of the business sometimes, and I get down on it. And I, you know, well, me and you, me and you see eye to eye on a lot of things, and I think we've walked out of a couple of locker rooms going, uh, "I'm going to make a new term: unprofessional wrestler." <laughs> yeah, you ain't lying. Oh my god, these guys that wrestle with t-shirts on and tennis shoes, and I mean, it's ridiculous. They went to Walmart and bought gear. Yeah, you know, if you call it gear, you know. Yeah, I've dedicated my heart and soul to this business, and you know. I've left my whole life on the road, you know, just so I could sit here and have a nice time with y'all. Yeah. Be with my wife, who I love very much, all my dear friends. Uh, T. Ray Brown is going to join us on the show later. Yeah, Trey's here. Yeah, one of my <laughs> best friends. Uh, very handsome young man, too. It's, it's, uh, he's got a really good face for radio. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he looked good for radio there, Trey. All right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's funny, but like, hearing how everybody gets their start and everything. And I read your book, available at crowbarpress.com. You're the one. I've, I'm the one. I'm the, I'm the one that bought it. I'm the one, yeah. The one review, the one buy, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 got, I got my copy, and I read it and everything, and it's an awesome read. And it, it tells how you got your start in the wrestling business. And you basically started going to carnivals, I believe. Yeah, by accident. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, I didn't get into the wrestling business because I wanted it to be a hobby. I didn't get into the wrestling business because I thought it would be fun. Mm-hmm. I got in the wrestling business because they were going to pay me. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it to be funny or cocky or, or punky. or not. It's the truth. I got into the business because they were paying me. You know, uh, I'm a poor little bastard from northwest Mississippi. And when I was younger, uh, my family spent time in western Pennsylvania and um, – I guess it was Eastern or Northern, whatever, West Virginia, you know. Which, mm-hmm. And I didn't know money here or there. These people were paying me 10 and 15 bucks to put up the ring and take it down. And plus pay what I was going to eat. Mm-hmm. They taught me how to smoke cigarettes, taught me how to drink. Hey. You know. I mean, <laughs> Very important skill. <laughs> well, when you're 13, 14 years old, and they're paying you 10, 15 bucks a day, putting you in a hotel, feeding you. I mean, my God. Mm-hmm. You got the whole world. That's, I mean, living the life. And I said, "This is what I'm gonna do from here on out." And then, they, little by little, I learned uh, different things. Like, man, why don't you let him referee? They point over at me. He don't know how. Well, teach him. You know, yeah. we know what I was learning how to referee. And I wanted to be a manager so bad. I didn't want to referee. I wanted to be a manager. I know when uh, the Jim Crockett Promotions came to Kansas City when I was working there in '87. They took over, and I was managing there. And they said, well, you know, we'll hire him on, which is what later became WCW, mm-hmm. as a referee. I said, I don't want a referee. I want to manage. 
And then, you know, I had some problems with a guy that's dead now, which I'm glad named Gene Anderson, because uh, he was just a jerk. You know, if he don't want to, if he don't want to do what we say, we don't need him. Well, I was already working there before they got there. You know? Right, so, right. Anyway, I left and went to Alabama, and I kept managing. And managing what, uh, you know, paid my bills. Mm-hmm. And they also brought me to WWE. Referee is what ruined my voice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and that's the truth. And, uh, you know, it, it – it meant something to me when you refed my last match, by the way. You know, it really meant it meant a lot that you were the one that counted my shoulders down on that last pin. But I, you know. I appreciate that, and I want you to remember something, too. I refereed your first match, too. Yes, you did. You so did. we come full circle. Yes, we did. Uh, seven years later, you refereed my first match, and you refereed my last match. Yeah. So. And I'll never forget. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you. On Dan's first match, he started bleeding profusely from his ear mm-hmm. in the match. And his beautiful little son, Will, was in the audience and went crazy, hysterical, yeah. crying. His beautiful wife, Erica, had to take him out of the auditorium yeah. because he was just hysterical watching his his uh, dad bleed. He was about he was about two years old at the time, I think. Maybe right. maybe one and a half. You know, he was on the low end of two years there, and he did not like what he was seeing at all. <laughs> right. Which is just like the fans when you rest. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh man. And it started. <laughs> well, when you when you first came into CWA and you started managing, the first guy you started managing was Big Bubba, right? Uh, at, well, yeah, Big Bubba, Goliath, and Boy Tony Falk were my first ones I managed, correct. And Big Bubba went on to the WWE. He was uh, Typhoon and, and Tugboat. Tugboat. Yeah, all right. Yeah. And he was in... Uh, uh, the other place as the, he was well known more than anything else. <laughs> the shock master. The shock, shock master. master. The one that tripped and <laughs> fell and crashed on the floor. <laughs> and to this day is the most notorious. Yes. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, Botchamania. Botch. Botch, yeah. Botch, yeah. yes. <laughs> Biggest Botchamania moment it, of all time. Yes. Hysterical. The glitter stormtrooper helmet. <laughs> yes. Right. And right. I think Ole Anderson did the voice for him behind the stage. Yes. And yes Booker yes. T could barely contain his laughter in yeah. that video. And that's, well, I, I, if uh, I'm having a bad day, that's one of my funny videos I have to watch. <laughs> well, they had, uh, I think they had Sid and they had uh, Flair, I think. They had Sid, Flair, Sting, uh, Sting. Booker T. Uh, Davy Boy Smith was even yeah, out there. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I remember Davy Boy Smith going, "He fell on his arse." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that ended that big push. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and and I think Dusty Rhodes was God love him was the one that tried to come up with that angle. Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Great guy, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Um, a little bit more about uh, getting further into the business. I know um, you started you started managing. Um, Sid, when he was Lord Humongous, I believe, didn't you? Yeah, in uh, in the uh, CWF, which mm-hmm. was Alabama. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you came up here with him for a little while and ran around here with him. And uh, it, there's, I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. You got to buy the book because there's so many stories about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was so funny because like it was so circumstantial the way that I read the book. And then three weeks later, I'm in a locker room with you and him in uh, at the DeSoto Civic Center. Oh right! And we're at the Mid South Fair, and we're we're out there wrestling and everything. And you guys start going over those same exact stories, and I'm like, <laughs> I read the book. I know I know what happens. <laughs> it's great. Oh, this is so funny. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, and I've got actually, of course, the radio people can't see, but we got a picture from that night up there with the. Uh, Chuck Poe, the referee I trained, wow. and me and Sid. That was in that 
in that dressing room. Oh, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. Center. yeah. That's right awesome. There. Yeah. Now, yeah. my dad used to talk – he played golf with Psycho Sid one time, and he said the guy was so crazy that he thought the highest score in golf won. <laughs> <laughs> I would not doubt yeah. that, actually. <laughs> Yeah. No comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, since since my friend, we're very good friends, and I can't say anything but good things about him, you know. But uh, he was he was always good when I met him too. Yeah, he was he was always real friendly, you know. And and, uh, and you know he did that raw the raw reunion not too long ago, and he still looks he's cut jacked. He still looks jacked up. Yeah, yeah, he looks great. I yeah. mean, he's he's a physical fitness. Uh, Fanatic, you know, he really is, and he's always been. So, mm-hmm. God bless him. Um, funny stories. I've uh, I've got to uh, I've got to get you to tell a funny story right quick about which one. Um, <laughs> do you remember the one you told me about Adam Bomb? Oh my God, we were in Heathrow Airport in London. <laughs> <laughs> this is when uh, the IRA. Bombed Heathrow. We were we were getting ready to come home from a, like a ten day Europe tour, and the the uh, IRA bombed Heathrow. So everything was shut down. It was a madhouse. There was people everywhere. It looked it looked ridiculous, and uh, I, I, it was just nobody could get home. It was mm-hmm. all the whole you know area in Locked Europe down. was shut Locked down. down. Locked down. But me. Uh, one of my best friends in the business, my traveling partner, is Steve Lombardi, the Brooklyn Brawler. Adam Baum and Randy Savage decided we were going to get home. Mm-hmm. We were the only four. <laughs> Nobody else. <laughs> so uh, we're running around Heathrow. We're thinking, well, if we, if we just you know, rent a, some kind of vehicle to take us down to Glasgow, Scotland, we can go home. If we go to Birmingham, England, we can go. No, it was all shut down. It was like 9-11. Yeah. You know? But we, we knew better. Me, Savage, Adam Baum, and Lombardi. We knew better. We were going to get home. So um, we finally found this guy that was going to take a certain amount of money to take us to to uh, Glasgow, Scotland, which I don't know how many miles away that is now. I can't remember, but to, we're going to get a plane from there to somewhere and go home. Mm-hmm. So me and Savage and uh, Lombardi were uh, over near this guy, and Adam Baum, Emmett Clark, was in the other side of that you know area. This is we'll, we'll get him so we can go. We'll get him. We'll go get, get out of here. So me, that's back when I still had a voice. I started screaming in the middle of <laughs> Heathrow Airport, in the middle of all this, Bomb! Bomb! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. So they didn't find that too funny. I don't, I don't think anybody <laughs> found that funny at the time, did they? <laughs> From now on, I called him Emmett. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you, know, and, you know, that goes back to the days of kayfabe, you know? <laughs> right. Man. Right. Crazy. Right. Which, you know, truthfully, I still live the days of kayfabe, and... Uh, you know, I'll tell you something funny. Let's talk about something funny. Okay. Let me tell you. You know how Jay Leno used to have what was like my pet peeves or what eats me or yeah, something yeah, like that? Yeah, right. Okay. Let's see. What eats me? Okay. I'm going to give you a few. Let's see if y'all can relate to this. Okay. Here's one of them. People come up to me and say, uh, hey, Bruno, I see WWE's coming to Memphis on such and such date. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I know what's coming next. Can you get us tickets? Okay. That's one caveat of... Oh, God. Yeah. The second one is when they say, we don't mind paying. Yeah. Okay, now think about this. <laughs> if you don't mind paying, 
what the hell are you asking me for? Exactly. Go down to the pyramid, the pyramid, the FedEx Forum, or the you know the yeah. whatever. The, the Mid South Coliseum. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's another one on that. How about this? Even if it's somebody that what I get tickets for my close friends, my family, and maybe people that done something for me. You know, like I get a tire. Oh man, we won't charge you for that tire. Can you get us tickets? Yeah. Okay. That's different, right? Yeah. Yeah. But how about this? You get tickets for somebody. Okay. Here you go. Here's your tickets. My son really likes John Cena. Oh. Can you get him in the back to meet him? Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Your son's the one that likes John Cena. He's the one? Yeah. Okay. Well, sure, we'll get him in. The, we'll bring him back into a business environment. Just let him walk right. around free. Why didn't you say so? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Let's go. Let's, let's do a few more. Let's see. Uh, I'll be in a restaurant or, or Walmart or something. Somebody recognize me. Hey, Bruno. You're downtown Bruno, right? Whatever. Yeah. Hey, yeah, they tried to get me to wrestle. Nah. <laughs> now, first of all, who is they? I hate that. And how did they try? I've been done that way. <laughs> They're like, oh, they, they tried to get me to wrestle one time. I thought I was going to be a wrestler. Like, mm, no, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> try again. Who, who tried? And how did they try? What did they exactly. do? How did they make this attempt? All right. And here's another one. I'll be, you know, once again in a restaurant or Walmart or whatever. Some guy will walk up to me, 350 pounds, dragging one foot behind him, no teeth. You know, maybe tattoos on his forehead or whatever. I'm a wrestler. Uh, oh, really? Who trained you? Two words. Everybody in this area knows. Don Bass. Oh. You could be 8 to 80, blind, crippled, or crazy. You got 50 bucks by God, he'll put you in the ring. Right. Call you a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you. But more people walk up to me that don't know the difference between a wrist lock and a wrist watch. Mm-hmm. And they say that Don Bass trained him. And I used to manage Don. And I like Don as a person. But sometimes I wonder, why in the hell did he take people that obviously have no, you know, minuscule chance of making a living in our profession or even being a weekend warrior? And... And, and take their money and tell them they're going to be a wrestler. Oh, that just, it hurts me. It makes me embarrassed because I well, do this for a living. There, there's an epidemic of that. There really is. There's an epidemic of that going on. And, you know, it's just about like, you know, I, I always compare it to like the Arkansas State Athletic Commission. Have you got 20 bucks? Yeah. Well, here's a wrestling license. You're now a wrestler. You're a licensed wrestler <laughs> with the Arkansas State Athletic Commission. Sounds great. <laughs> Just be <laughs> you know, and that's that's what that's all you got to do is hand somebody some money, and you're a licensed professional wrestler in the state of Arkansas. Now, see, that's ridiculous. You know what? A lot of this stuff really burns me up, like that right there. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I like I said, I've made my living at this for umpteen years. You mm-hmm. know, and this is how I've always made my living. Period. Mm-hmm. End of story. So, and I see some goof that uh, that's okay. T Ray, get a beer, man. <laughs> I just want to let all the radio people know that T. Ray Brown, our good friend, was getting a beer out of the icebox. He was being very quiet. Well, okay, <laughs> sure nobody knew. So I was letting everybody know. That. And then the ice shifted. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'll tell you another thing too. People say, yeah, I was going to wrestle like it in there. They said they want me to let that Jerry Lawler beat me. I said, oh, I ain't going to do it. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Lawler got scared. That's why they wouldn't let me wrestle. Oh, God. I, I'm so sick of hearing <laughs> stuff like that. I'm going to tell you something. Jerry the King Lawler 
had the biggest graduating class in the history of Treadwell High School. Because I've met at least 700 to 1,000 people that graduated with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some are 10 years younger than him. Some are 10 years older than him. But they all graduated with him. And yeah. every last single one of them whipped his ass. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated, but I was fighting with them. There you go. <laughs> I mean, it, oh, that burns me up. These idiots. I fought with him on the graduation stage. And he had to pile drive me for his diploma. <laughs> I mean, what is it with these people? I owe Lawler my life. I would have no, without Jerry King Lawler, I would have nothing, nothing. Right behind my parents, my wife, the Lord Jesus Christ, in no particular order, is uh, Jerry King Lawler because I owe him everything, and mm-hmm. I've said that on every forum I've ever been on, and I will to the day I die. And I did like. Seeing you on his DVD, which I bought, which he, I have his autograph from, which was really cool to get. <laughs> cool. I, this, it's the first hey, Jerry. I've lived. I've known him. I've seen him for thirty years. Never gotten an autograph till recently, but yeah, it, uh, that commentary you had on him was great because back in the day, you know, he was everywhere. Right down here, you you couldn't walk five feet without seeing a picture of Jerry Lawler. Yeah, they somewhere. said I was all over that. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I mean, yeah. truthfully, I remember doing the commentary, but I was all over it. Yeah, uh, you were in there a little bit, a little bit. I mean, I, I, nah, I need to watch it again because I was too enamored with it. I, need to I, borrow, I kept I need to looking at the it. autograph. <laughs> <laughs> I need to borrow it so I can see it. Hell, I ain't got a copy of it, you know, but, you know, what can I say? I guess I don't rate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, if you're on the DVD, I would imagine all you'd have to do is ask to get a copy of it. I keep forgetting. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, when I get home from, from the road, I'm going to tell you the life of a big-time wrestling person like me. i got to come home. I've got to cut my grass. i got to change the oil in my lawnmowers. I've got I've to see what my wife wants to argue about. I give her, you know, a certain period of time to do so. And uh, I drink my apple juice at night, and I eat my chicken wings at night. And uh, next day, I in the wintertime, I cut wood, you know, chop wood, put my wood in my fireplaces. And, you know, that's the life of a big-time wrestling person, cutting uh, grass and chopping wood. Glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> People think it is. That's what's funny. People that ain't in it think it is. I know. And, you know, it's it, it, it shocks so many people, even meeting them in the arena or whatever, you know. It's like, I'm a, I, I've got a family. I go home. I mow the yard. I do the same stuff, you know, everybody else does, you know. I came to the arena and made 20 bucks. To get in the ring <laughs> and wrestle, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, it's just, it, and it was so shocking to some people to see that the, the the human side of wrestling, I guess, you know, is what you'd call that. But you know, it it is what it is. You know, these guys out, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that we have been talking about on the podcast is the schedule lately, which you guys have been running two and three pay per views a month almost for the last three or four months, right? Well, not three. Never been three. It was just two? One time. It was just one time it was two. Okay. I tried that one on the network. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't remember which one it was, but it was out of... Uh, the Elimination Chamber? I mean, like I said, yeah. Elimination Chamber. Yeah. <laughs> <It was just> <laughs> <laughs> out of Corpus Christi, yeah. You know, uh, I'm glad I had to remind you of that. You forgot. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but that, that's the only time we've done that. It's been one. Maybe sometimes it'll overlap. One will be at the very first of the month. And yeah. One will be at the last of the month. Well, there was, a, there was like... 
at least two months there where they had one they had two pay per views for two months, you know, and it was like wow, you know, and I and all I could think about was you like turning around, you know, and just going right back to work on a Saturday, you know, or having to be at an arena on Saturday, and I'm going, right. man, they're gonna run these guys ragged, right? But a lot of these guys are getting paid worthwhile to you know, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm not I'm not knocking you know them for right. doing it to you guys. They're trying right. to make money just like you guys are, right. you know. But I just I, I, my my thoughts were with you because I knew you were traveling <laughs> constantly on those two months. Well, I, you know? Oh, I know. I just <clears throat> what it is. I love what I do. I'm used to what I do. I know how to get to where I'm going the best way I can without you know, with a minimum of inconvenience. Because I've I've learned how to do that after all these years. Because I get tired. And I get hurt, and I get burned out. Mm-hmm. But I just get there that I love my job when I get there. Like I said, those are the two constants. One has changed. One is egos and assholes. But as long as you know how to deal with both of them, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And I do, but I'm just – my biggest problem now is just my voice, you know. And I'm serious. Yeah, I just yeah. – I, I don't have a voice anymore. Yeah. So I hope the people at home forgive me. Oh, we got you cranked up on the microphone. No, yeah. I know I can hear you. Because <laughs> I haven't smoked a cigarette in 25 years. I used to be able to smoke a cigarette, put it out underneath my shoe, go out to the ring and wrestle back when I was in my 20s. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I, There's I, some indie guys that do that now. <laughs> but I, they're going to keep doing it until they're in their 50s. Oh, and, yeah. You know, I realized at one point, Clint Eastwood, as Dirty Harry, said one thing, and I've got it in a frame out in out of my building. It's a true story. A man has got to know his limitations. Mm-hmm. And at one point, you got to grow up and learn your limitations. You know, we hear some people say, oh, you could do anything you put your mind to. No, you can't. I couldn't bench, bench press 500 pounds mm-hmm. at my size. I couldn't. No matter what I did, I couldn't do it. No matter what. Okay? Yeah, you got to lower your limitations. doesn't mean, you know, don't aspire to what you dreams are or whatever but know your limitations mm-hmm. i know what mine are i know what they've always been and i i i never ever considered myself wanting to be a wwe superstar because i kind of i, I kind of think maybe getting into wrestling like initially kind of ruined that for me because i saw what it was after i got into wrestling i'm like holy crap these guys if they're lucky they come home like a day or two a week and they see their family or right. their friends, or they get to actually sleep in their own bed, you know. Right. Yeah, you know, and that's you know that's your deal. You're home, what three days out of the week? Pretty much. You, yeah. you get to sleep in your own bed three days, you know, if you're lucky. Right. You know, and if they don't have a, you know, it just it, just, it, it wasn't my thing, you know. Right. And all I ever really wanted from WWE to be the God's honest truth was just an opinion. That was all I wanted, you know. And I got my opinion, you know. And I hope if if you ever want an opinion from WWE that you get one, you know. Right. But to want it is a completely separate thing. If you want that life, you want to go there and everything, and they will talk to you about it. Yeah, here's the whole thing too, and I got to tell this to everyone that's listening. If you don't want to do this with all your heart and soul and everything in you, like I did and had to, then by God, don't waste our time. And I mean anybody in our business, don't waste our time. This is everything to us. Don't do this for a hobby. Don't do this because it might be cool. I mean, this is this is my life. Everything I got is because of this. My voice is gone because of this. My lower back is gone because of this. You know what? Not because of WWE. Any injury I ever got, ever, any pain and soreness and, and screwed up uh, part of my vertebrates came long before I went to work for WWE. You know, and and 
people that say WWE caused them to be, you know, injured or whatever, it's BS. It ain't true. This I, it's is a, that's a personal choice. You know, mm-hmm. that is a personal choice to become a professional wrestler and to get injured on a regular basis like that. That's every right. Time, every time you hit the mat, you're putting your you're putting your body through the same, pretty much the same condition as being in a car wreck. You know what? Every you're right. Every time you're you damn hit the right. Mat. Let me say this. I don't know if you ever heard this expression. I bet you have. If you didn't want to go to Memphis, why'd you get on the bus? Exactly. All right. <laughs> now, same thing. If you were an accountant and somebody hits you with a chair, then you've got legitimate beef. You know, if you're mm-hmm. a school teacher and and you know one of those unruly kids attacks you with a chair or something, you got legitimate beef. If you're in this profession and somebody attacks you with a chair, you don't have any beef because you signed up for it. Exactly. You know, if somebody does it wrong or hits you the wrong way or whatever, you get hurt. It's not the promotion's fault to an extent. Now, if you're in one of these goofy towns with these goofs, you're an idiot for letting a goof hit you with a chair that don't know how to hit you with a chair. You know? It's, yeah. But that, that's but that's a personal choice. Yeah, it's a personal right. choice. I never once let anybody hit me with a chair in seven years of being in this business. Never once let anybody hit me in the, chair, in the head with a chair. You know why? I didn't trust anybody to do it. And I guarantee you. There wasn't you. a single person I met on the road. You know, I may, I, if, if Nichols ever came to me, our buddy Kevin Nichols. Right. Uh, Kid Nichols or what was his name? Knuckles Madsen in NXT. Right. Um, <clears throat> Knuckles the Clown. If he came to me straight up, got him. There you go. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, was downtown Bruno killing a fly. That was the end of the fly. <laughs> and making sure he didn't go into my chicken. There you go. Okay. <laughs> he didn't get the chicken. Continue. Uh, Creepy bastard. <laughs> anyway, um, if the only person I would honestly ever trust to hit me with a chair, and I probably would regret it afterwards, would be Knuckles, Madsen, Kid Nichols. You know. Well, but no. Let me say this: if you were in a deal with Jerry King Lawler or someone like that, mm-hmm. I bet you wouldn't even think twice about it. Somebody professional, right. somebody that knew how to swing it and knew how to, you know, take care of the person on the other end. Right. You know? uh, yeah. I would let somebody like Jerry Lawler or somebody like that definitely hit me with a chair. It wouldn't be no problem. But, you know, any scrub from Podunk, Backwoods, whatever, you know, no, sorry. You get a right. chair, I'm clocking your ass before you hit me with that chair. Right. Well, you know, you've been on many things with me. I was telling I'm not doing that. No, let's just, that's, you know, I don't, they've asked me to do goofy things. and No, I'm not doing that. And that's one of my pet peeves. It's like, and when I've seen you on shows and stuff, and I've seen, you know, you come into locker rooms and try to give people advice, you know, and it winds up, you know, oh, well, that uh, no, I want get my I want to get my finisher in, or I want to I want to do this. We need to change that around. And it's you, it's it's you who've been in the business for thirty years, you know. Well, and like, you're, uh, you're giving people advice, and they don't take it, and they don't realize that as as much training and everything as we go through as professional wrestlers to actually hone our craft. You know, I was in Ken Wayne school for four years before I finally just stood up and said, look, I can't come in here anymore. <laughs> right. You know, I'm t- I've started teaching classes, you know, and, you know, nobody's worried about me graduating and stuff like that. I had to cut it off. Right. You know, it's like I've been coming here four years, you know. I'm not going anywhere, you know. I need to, you know, just cut loose. Branch free, out. Branch do, out, yeah. do other things, you know. Well, you know what? And you did. You went to uh, 
uh, what was Matt Rivera's promotion? Uh, TCW. TCW. Yes. Interna- international TV. Um, yeah. And it's still in syndication. Yeah, I mean, it was a fine promotion. You know, yeah. it really was. I have no bad things to say about it. Very well run, very well uh, put together production-wise and everything, HD cameras and stuff. Everything yeah. was great. I mean, Matt was a good guy. I liked him. He, he respected the business, mm-hmm. respected the people that worked for him and with him. I liked him. I have nothing bad to say about him. I consider him a personal friend when I was inducted into the Cauliflower Alley Hall of uh, Heroes, whatever they call it there. Yeah. Uh, I personally picked him to induct me into it, you know. And I felt bad that I was one time committed to work a uh, event for him, and they had somebody there that was had a conf- conflicting. It was a TNA talent. Yeah, it was yeah. a TNA talent. You can't be on a show with a TNA talent, and that's that's understandable. Yeah, because that would be know? disrespecting the people that pay my bills. Exactly. So, so. Uh, I didn't go, and so I. Th- I haven't heard from Matt since, and I feel bad about that. I hope he hears this because yeah. it was nothing personal. I respect his promotion and his uh, his drive and desire and dedication. I just I got to think about Bruno and Donna, who's and my re- wife. And the repercussions that can come back on you for being yeah. on a show with a TNA person. Yeah. It, it, it can be bad. So. Yeah, so what am I going to tell Donna? Well, I'm, I'm not with WWE no more, but I made that one shot for TFT. TCW. You know, so I, I hope, you know, Matt understands that. People understand I got to take care of my business. Yeah. I'm a business I, mean, I understand it, you know. And, you know, like you said, I hope I hope Matt understands it too. But, you know, it is what it is, you know. Right. You, it, people get their feathers ruffled or for whatever reason. Right. And just, you know. But I digress. I was getting back to you, though. You went to work there and did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been to all the promotions around here. Uh, <clears throat> Power Pro and Randy Hales. Yes. And Dundee had it. Part of the first family with Kevin White and Gary White. Yeah, which was very good. And then you yeah. wrestled uh, uh, with uh, when Jerry King Lawler did a taping at the uh, flea, market. flea market building down at uh, Winchester. And, ah, yeah. I don't remember the think side was, street, but. Uh, that was the big one? Yeah, it was the big no, one. No, it wasn't the big one. Oh, it wasn't the big no, one. Okay. No, the big one was in Frazier. This is, yeah, 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 the, yeah. This is a flea market that's now closed down. It ah. was an old Kmart building off of Riverdale. Yeah, Riverdale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, that was Dan's first time wrestling as a bad guy, if I remember. Yes. And then everybody came back and gave me rave reviews, and they I was a bad guy from then on. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll never forget like, Oh, my God. Dan's such a great bad guy. You got to go. Yeah. He's such was, a great heel. You got to have him a heel at every show now. That was a Yeah. I was really proud of you. You know, I remember because Lawler had it all booked out. It was a last-minute thing to even call me. Yeah. Had it all booked out. that he's Oh, we're one guy short or whatever happened. And I called Dan, and, and, and I said, Lawler, I'm giving you my uh, – Seal of approval, you know, and he says, okay, if you say so. And, and he was very happy that, uh, you know, what you did. Yeah, and I, I ran into him on a flight uh, when I was going up to New York to do some work for Walgreens. And uh, he was going up to do the voiceovers because I think Raw was uh, overseas that week. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he remembered me. He remembered me. He was saying, hey, hey, yeah, you're Bruno's buddy. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we talked for a while and everything, and it was cool and everything, and he was flying first class, of course, and I was an economy, but, you know. <laughs> well, if you're ever on a flight with me, I'll send you back a drink or something. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you make, and you'll send me the bill for all the ones you drink, too, right? Yeah. My God, I'm in first class, too. We don't pay. <laughs> no. We don't pay, yeah. We don't pay in At first class. All. I'm a two million miler, by God. That's right. Yeah, I sure am. I can't imagine your... Uh, <laughs> Your airline credits at this point. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's a long story. Yeah, 
<laughs> before September 11th, there was a lot of stuff you could do with them. But yeah. after, I mean, talk about the original September 11th. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. right. But there's not a whole lot you can do with them now. Oh, not, yeah. Not unless you want to take the chance of Muhammad Atta having your miles, you know. Oh, yeah. So, you know, those days have changed. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Oh. Welcome back to the Oversell Podcast. Let's do some quick housekeeping before we get back to things. Uh, be sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at Oversell Podcast. I am at Shropenuts, S-C-H-R-O-E-P-N-U-T-S. I am at One Dangerous Dan. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I am at WolfMike23. Also, be sure we have a sponsor now. That's how big time we are. We have a sponsor now at OversellPodcast.com. Uh, there's an Amazon link. You can go in there. Click on the link. That'll take you to Amazon.com. And anytime you make a purchase through this link, we get a small commission back and help pay for some of the stuff on this podcast, maybe help us get some new equipment, upgrades, and stuff like that. So if you shop on Amazon.com, do it through OversellPodcast.com. Click the link. Give us money. Yeah. <laughs> I need it. My wife wants me to get money. And I'm, uh, this is Bruno. And I'm at Walls, Mississippi, cutting grass. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, at... In the yard, cutting grass. Yeah, <laughs> so and uh, we were talking about this during the break. There is a an account out there that is not Bruno's. It's he is not Bruno. At he is Harvey not... Whippleman, it's not really him. Do not follow it, thinking you're talking to the real downtown Bruno because you are not. Bruno is not on Twitter and he is not on Facebook. So absolutely uh, not. No, yeah. no social media for me. My social media <laughs> is this right here: sitting with some friends, <laughs> drinking some apple juice, and having a nice conversation. Apple juice. <laughs> So what's this I hear about Mo Stegall and apple juice? Bringing you a case of apple juice? Well, let me what's tell you. What's that story? <laughs> well, when we're with uh, a wrestling organization that I won't, I'd rather not name at this point, but a wrestling organization that Dan and I were with at one time. I used to do the announcing. And I would, not announcing, I'm sorry, commentating. Mm-hmm. Well, I would drink a few beers while I was commentating. I wouldn't get drunk or, you know, be slurring or embarrass the the uh, promotion. I was just drinking a few cold beers. I was doing the guy a favor. I, he wasn't paying me. Uh, I wasn't asking to be paid or anything. I, I was just helping him out, just sipping on some beer. Mm-hmm. And bear in mind, I wasn't sipping on it in bottles or cans. It was poured up in a, in a uh, cup. So... Uh, <laughs> Mo Stegall says to me, he was a young guy that was trained and started wrestling. He says, uh, what, are you, what are you always uh, pouring up in those cups you're drinking? I said, oh, apple juice. I'm drinking apple juice. So he wanted to, you know, become friends with me and everything. He, he thought he'd do something nice for me. So next week we got to that promotion. And he says, I got something for you. I got you a whole case of apple juice. And I thought, oh, okay, he's in on the in on the, he's in on the deal. And he handed me a case of that gum. Mott's apple juice. Oh, my God. <laughs> I could totally see him doing that, too. I, could, I wish I could have seen the look on your face. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And even the promoter said, we all know Bruno's not drinking apple juice. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> well, that, Freaking hilarious. Question, I, I, I was jotting down a couple questions at work today, and all your times in the Memphis wrestling territory, who, do you, who was the best working heel down here? Phil and, Hickerson. No hesitation. Wow. Wow. Uh, a guy I always grew up uh, that I thought I couldn't stand more than you as your character was Eddie Gilbert. Man, I... Oh, he was very good. Hey, I'm not putting down Eddie no, no, Gilbert no, 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 or no, no, anyone no, no, else no, no. when I say Phil, but... Yeah, yeah. 
But, you know, oh, Eddie was very good. There yeah. was so, there was so many guys that came through this territory that were just so good at getting under people's skin, you know. Oh, yeah. Bruno, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Saturday mornings you got underneath my skin pretty bad, too. Well, that means I did my job <laughs> well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because let me tell you something. I came from the three blocks between the six blocks, Fort Duquesne Boulevard, downtown Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, too sweet to be sour, man of the hour, oh, this is awesome. tower of power. Let me tell you right now, I am the man that walked that barbed wire fence barefooted. Been bad, been good. This is awesome. Dallas, <laughs> Vegas, and Hollywood. Got a 38 pistol on my 45 Ooh. frame. Ain't a lot of weight on my shoulders, but I got one hell of a brain. 156 pounds of walking, talking, roping, stomping, downtown destruction, because I'm downtown born and downtown bred. And when I die, I'll be downtown dead. You know why? Because it's like Mama says. Hit bees that way sometimes. That was absolutely incredible. <laughs> Do you need a moment now? Yeah, you, you, yeah you. Dan talked for a bit. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was uh, promo cutting 101 by Downtown Bruno. <laughs> Well, that, and, you know, that seems on. to me like a, a kind of a lost art. You don't hear really promos like that anymore. Well, it's different now. The yeah. business is different. There's yeah, no yeah. managers anymore. You no, know, there's, there's no really managers. And even yeah. the guys don't talk like that no more. Now it's all laid out, it's driven, whatever. Hey, the business has evolved to what it is. Right, right. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's beyond my control. Like I said earlier, a recurring theme in this show is the only thing constant in this business, besides what we said, is change. And the business has changed. No, I've heard. I've heard the current state of WWE. You know, they've had, they had the, um, you know, the Hulkamania era, and they had the Attitude era, and they had all this. I've heard. Of, I've heard the current state of WWE be referred to as a reality era, almost. You know, like everything's more. They're trying to make everything a little bit more dramatic. You know, and get get people actually involved in storylines and try to gri- grab people a little bit more with some soap opera writing. Makes you sense, know, you know, and it yeah. does make sense, you know, but you know, it's not my end of the business anymore. I'm just, you know, I'm just sitting back and doing whatever I'm asked, but that's not my end of the business anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I hit my peak when I was Harvina, Harvina, <laughs> Harvina, <laughs> women's champion. Yeah. Um, well, when did you get the call to go up to the WWE? I think it was 1989. And you came in with Sid, didn't you? No, I came in with Bully Busenick. That uh, yeah, bully Busey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was '89. With not... that big uh, bowler hat. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And he was uh, when it came to being a uh, WWE superstar, he was a hell of a cab driver because. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I mean, uh, we had a match with Bret Hart one night in uh, Lowell, Massachusetts. And we came back in the back, and Brett says, I sure hope they put you with somebody else because he ain't going nowhere. You uh-huh. know? And uh, he was right. You know, I mean, he had two left feet. You yeah. Know? Nice guy. But, um, you know, I don't know. He didn't know how to control his drinking either. Uh-huh. And, you know, and that's, that's just the truth, you know, at that time. I've always drank beer. I might drink one later. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that apple juice is doing you good, though, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't drink before I work. I don't drink while I work. Uh-huh. I don't drink at work. Just like the rest of us, shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you know, and I'll operate heavy machinery. <laughs> you know, right. but yeah, he's just a nice guy, but it's just, I don't know. He just, he was good for maybe the, what they call the Indies or whatever, you know. But it, now, who did you manage after Bully? Warlord. Warlord. The okay. Warlord. Yeah. Man. Now that, I, I actually liked watching Warlord. I liked um, Warlord. He, Terry Shapinsky, good guy. I liked him. And his his career was actually ended by a broken leg, wasn't it? But I don't it was know. it was like many years after you man, oh, managed him, happened. I think. As you know so. me very well by now, Dan, I don't keep up with anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the, the truth. I yeah. really don't. And I'm not saying it to be cocky or funny, but it's just, you know, when I'm home. You're disconnected. Yeah, I'm disconnected. Yeah. You know. That's cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's the way I, was, I am. Yeah. I go home and turn on the Xbox and, uh, you know, my wife tries to get my attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you've got a beautiful wife. It shouldn't be hard for her to get your attention. Dan. It, it so, is not. <laughs> it is not at all. Okay. You know. She's listening. I'm trying to help you, man. <laughs> You're looking out for me, too. Eh? Wow. Okay, yeah. Bruno, you, Bruno makes a good wingman, I guess. Yes, he does. <laughs> he keeps me flying the straight Yes, I do. Yes, he, yes, he, as he opens up the box of wings and takes a bite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest interview ever. Yeah. <laughs> so now, Warlord, you managed him at WrestleMania, right? No. no. Oh, you did not? Okay. No. I, got, I get confused. No, no. Never managed him at a, on a pay-per-view. Oh, wow. The first... Uh, Person I managed the pay per view was, uh, let me, th- oh, uh, well, Bully Busnick at Royal Rumble uh, 90, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. It was, I walked to the ring with Busnick, Flair. I could be wrong, so if all the internet people start going nuts, just <laughs> calm down because it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> IWC is peeing in their pants yeah, right now. It was Busnick, <laughs> Flair. I think it was Rick Martell and the Mountie, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. And that, it was Royal Rumble, I think it was 1990. So I know this is going to come to a real shock to some people, but I don't remember for sure. And then the next year was uh, WrestleMania when I managed Sid against Hogan. Mm-hmm. The next year after that it was WrestleMania. It was uh, Gonzalez against Undertaker. Oh, and, then, and that was when you you got injured when uh, Gonzalez actually. No, no, that ground. was SummerSlam. That was SummerSlam '94. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that was the there summer- must have been another WrestleMania between them, and I, I'll be damned if I can remember. Well, when you first came up, you're kind of you were Doctor Harvey Whippleman. Right. After a match, you would take your stethoscope and come yeah, check, <laughs> check, check the wrestler out. Doctor Harvey Whippleman, Doctor of BS, MS. PhD. You know what that means? Everybody knows what BS means. MS means more of the same, and PhD means piled higher and deeper. <laughs> I'm using that from now on. <laughs> you know, Dan, your biggest problem is all these years I've known you, you've got delusions of adequacy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and they take over my life. <laughs> all right, so. Uh, Mike, you ask. I'll ask him. We have to know how Hervina came about. Well, I had told a guy named Tommy that was one of the uh, top creative people in WWE. He's not there no more. But he used to be with Conan O'Brien and all that. 
I told him how me and Stacy Carter, the cat, had so many good matches in Memphis. Yeah. So I said, hey, if you want to do a deal, me and Stacy get have a good match. We have many good matches. So they took that concept and decided to completely obliterate it <laughs> <laughs> and, and put us in a uh, a kiddie pool filled with real snow. We were in Pittsburgh oh, yeah. in oh my the middle God. of winter. They, it was real snow. That wasn't, you know, what people thought, you know, mashed potato flakes or whatever. No, yeah, that was yeah. real snow. Wow. <clears throat> and they took that and said, okay, Bruno, you're going to wear a, uh, you know, an outfit like a snow bunny and, and, and put a wig on and we're gonna, you're going to wrestle around in the snow. Okay, go for it. And <laughs> even, well, I'm not going to say any names. I don't want to get in trouble. But one of the main guys in the entire WWE said, it's probably the worst match in the history of our company. <laughs> <laughs> and I says, well, I don't know if, if, if I should, you know, apologize or thank you. <laughs> but he says, I don't know how we expected you to have a good match. Like, you know, whatever. But we, if we'd have been in the ring, just had a regular ring match, like we had yeah. all over Memphis, it would have been a good match. But said this, let's take a good concept and completely destroy it. Go yeah. for it, Bruno. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can do it. Here's a bunch of chicken shit. Go out there and make chicken salad. Yeah. But but I said, okay, so yeah. there you go. <laughs> the only man to win the WWE women's title, Hervina, and then Hervina. You you lost it the next night on Raw, I think, didn't you? To Jacqueline. To ja- Miss in, in Detroit. And Miss Texas. That's how I always yeah. No, it's back then, I'm sorry. In uh, Detroit, yeah. Well, it's a long story, and you know I'm not one to really go into the inner workings of the business. Right, it had to right. do with Jacqueline having the championship, but Jacqueline not tearing the cat's head off. So somebody had to be the scapegoat in the middle. Uh-huh. And basically, okay, if you can read between the lines, yeah, all right. So yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's why my voice is gone. That was it. I'll take it for that. I'll blame it on that. <laughs> you, 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 uh, you took one for the team, basically. Basically, yeah. Okay. That's uh, right. We'll, do, we'll just stop it right there, then. <laughs> right. No more explanation needed. We're right. good. <laughs> well, there's another incident that I've seen on YouTube that, man, it, it is crazy. And I, wa- I actually watched this the other day. Um, it was Power Pro. Commentators. No, it was USWA. Was it USWA? Yes. Okay. Commentators are doing their thing, and out of nowhere, you just come running, jump over the table, and start attacking I posted. I posted this on Facebook, by the way, <laughs> and Matt Riviera said that like made his year. Well, let me tell everybody that. something. <laughs> this, I'm going to tell the whole wide world. Whether you think our business is entertainment or scripted or... Whatever you think it is, I'm telling you, whatever, that was 110% real. Can we have 120? <laughs> have all the way to um, that looked, degree. That looked 120% real to me. I hadn't seen you that fired up ever, and you were going me, after that guy. Let me tell you what happened. We were at Channel 5. It was USWA because when Larry Burton was put in charge of taking over USWA. I'd be getting a certain amount of money every Saturday morning for umpteen years. So we get in there that morning. And he goes, well, we're not going to pay you on Saturday mornings no more. You have to referee for free. I said, well, you know, that I don't <laughs> do this for a hobby. <laughs> this is how I get paid. This is what I do for a living. Well, we're changing things up around here a little bit. 
we're not going to have Dave Brown and Lance Russell commentate no more because Tony Freeman said he'll do it for free because he just likes to commentate. And he'll help us do other things. And he says he'll do it for nothing, so that's it. And Bill Rush. Bill Rush. <laughs> B-I-L-L-R-U-S-H. Have you got his social security number? <laughs> if I did. <laughs> Never mind. Bill Rush said he'll referee for free because he just he doesn't as long as he gets to work the house shows gets to work the at the uh, big one and all that then he'll referee Saturday mornings for free. Oh crap! And I said, well, you let him referee, and I was in charge of the rings at the time too. I said, let him work on them rings too. He just still working the rings. I said, oh, I can. I'm gonna have that privilege. I can still work yeah. on the ring. I said, <laughs> uh, no, thank you. He goes, well, not only that, Bill Rush is better than you. Oh, that was it. At that time, I'd been in the business maybe 20 years. I don't remember exactly. I just dived across that thing, that little room we were in, and I just started pounding Larry Burton. I've never done this before, mm-hmm. except one time at the ring. I'll tell you that later. <laughs> and then Mike Samples and Lawler were in the room, and they both pulled us apart. Larry Burton had me by the throat, had him by the throat. They pulled us apart. Mm-hmm. You're fired, it's Larry Burton. You're fired. You're fired. Get out of here. You're fired. I said, okay, that's fine. I probably didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what you meant to say. Right. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to take care of one thing before I leave. And all the other guys were like, you know, on my side, they all hated Larry Burton. Yeah. I ran out on live TV and beat the shit out of <laughs> Tony, Tony Friedman. And if you look at that, Bill Rush was one of the ones trying to break it up. He, th- he thought it was a storyline. He didn't know at the time. Yeah. And if you see, after I swung at him and clocked him two or three times, he started swinging back at me. Yeah. They finally pulled us apart. And I got the hell out of there. Yeah. Now, here's the funny thing. Now, remember, on YouTube, it's when downtown Bruno attacks. That's right. Yes, That's yes. right. Yeah. And then, the, and bear in mind, I was in charge of the rings. So they put this goof named Tony Myers in charge of the rings after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, goof with a capital G and a capital F and ooh-ooh in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so I can do the ring. I, I don't mind. I can do the ring real good. I'll do Yeah, okay. There's a lot to putting up a ring. Yeah. A lot to it. Oh, yeah. The very next Saturday, the ring fell down. He had no clue what to do. He knew how to put up and take it down. That was it. Mm-hmm. So they knew Steve Dahl, God bless his soul, he's dead now, was a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Now, this, bear in mind, this is back in the old days when you're at, you, there was no cell phones. Your answer machine sat next to your phone, plugged up to it. When somebody called you, you'd hear your outgoing message, this is Bruno Lauer, blah, blah, blah. And then beep, yeah. and you could hear the person, hey, Bruno, if you're there, pick up, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So I'm sitting there watching the show. I watched the ring fall down. I oh, gosh. <laughs> so they knew Steve Dahl was a good friend of mine, so they, they had him call me. Oh, yeah. So he says, hey, Bruno, Steve Dahl, hey, pick up if you're there. Yeah, we have a little situation here. We might, you know, might uh, end your suspension. And uh, 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 don't pick up. Don't pick up. Don't pick up. Don't pick up. I don't know if you're watching or not, but we had a problem with the ring, and they don't know how to fix it. No, don't pick up. Don't pick up. I know you're there. And uh, <laughs> Bruno, uh, give us a call when you can. Sorry, guys, Bruno must not be there. He don't answer. Click. And I'm, just, I'm just laughing. And that night, they had a show in, in Ripley, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And uh, they called me again later. Well, you know, we've reconsidered, Bruno. Would you like to come back? Uh-huh. And, uh, I says, um, oh, what made you reconsider? Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe we overreacted. I'm thinking, no, the 
Doggone ring fell down. Nobody else had to fix it. <laughs> but what happened was, when when uh, they finally had Lawler call me, which I'd do anything for Lawler. I'd walk from here to to uh, Milwaukee for Lawler. I you know I own my life. So I said, all right, I'll come back. He goes, well, look, go pick up the ring, and uh, you know hook it up to truck. Go rent a truck, bring it up to Ripley, and uh, put it up. You can referee, and you know whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. So nobody knew that Larry Burton was worried because nobody, you know, Steve Dawson, I can't reach Bruno. They called Buddy Wayne, had him bring the ring to Ripley. So I drive all the way to Ripley. I got Chili Willie and White Boy Bobby, the guys that were my crew. Yeah. Because they all quit when I was gone. They right, right, right. Tony Myers, he was a goof. We come pulling up about the same time Buddy Wayne, there's two of us with a ring. Yeah. I said, no, what do we do now? You know, and Larry Burton, well, we're not paying you. I said, here we go again. I'm ready to roll my sleeves up. Mm-hmm. End up getting paid for the ring and the ring crew, even though they didn't have to put up the ring. Yeah. And, well, Bill Rush is going to referee. I still got a referee payday. And after that, for some reason, I was back refereeing on the, in the head of the ring again. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because we had the matches at Sheraton Casino. Now, the deal was they worked. Tony Myers would bring the ring down there. I would bring my crew later, then put it up. I didn't have to touch the ring anymore because he was already – going to work on the ring. Well, I said, all right, y'all bring the ring down there, and uh, I'll bring my crew later. So all them people at Sheraton knew me real good. I'd get there to give me a stack of buffet re- uh, coupons for me and my ring crew. Yeah. Tony Myers got that. They wouldn't even let him in. <laughs> let alone give him a buffet thing. This is yeah. not without Bruno, not without Bruno. Yeah. So that night, we're taking the ring down. Now, the Sheraton Casino, the ring was like on the third floor, the ballroom. It's where the buffet is now. Oh, man. Or it's the roadhouse now, but... So there was a technique to get that ring. Some of it you'd put on the service elevator. Some of it was too long, like the side pieces and, and, the, and the ones that go uh, side to side, the poles. Right. So we have to take them up like a – I can't do this on the radio, but it's like a staircase, if you can picture that, that curves and goes back up again. Yeah, yeah. So you had to, we had a certain technique. We'd slide it up and – then shift it over to the right and put it in the door. Yeah. If you can kind of visualize that. Yeah, yeah. So this Tony Myers idiot didn't know how to do that. So the Mississippi River Inlet was right below where we walked up the steps. He slid one of the side pieces and it slid right into the river. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank God this was taking the ring down, not putting it up. Yeah. There been no show. So he goes, oh, my God, I'll be fired now. And then, bear in mind, this is a side piece of a ring. Right. It weighs a ton. It went straight to the bottom. Yeah. He goes... I'm going to dive down and bring it up. I said, you doggone moron. You can't do that. I'm going to dive down and bring it up. I'm not going to lose my job. And Chili Willie, my buddy that used to work for a little black kid from the projects. Yeah, Memphis, yeah. No, man, let him go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let him go. Because he hated him. He was a goof. And now, another big fat guy, good guy, Raymond, but he was lazy. Whenever we would get ready to take the ring back downstairs, Raymond always would say, Make sure them lights are connected on that ring trailer. He had laid down underneath the ring trailer, and for an hour, which it takes two seconds, he plug in the lights. Right. He would lay there. Well, what? We looked down. He was sound asleep. Deal <laughs> 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 with this big ass ring and everything. So <laughs> I said, "Oh my God, is Raymond dead? Let's go find out." Chilly Willie goes. Let's go through his pockets first. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, God. Well, let me ask you this because that's kind of a connection between us. How did the program between uh, Bud Tropel and yourself get started? 
Well, one night, Bunch Rappel was at this gay bar. And, uh, oh. <laughs> oh, Dad, if you're listening, I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, it was uh, George Klein was a good friend of Lawler's, a good friend of mine, too, but really a good friend of Lawler's. And uh, they were publicizing... Uh, now, correct me, I don't remember. What was the radio station they were all on? WHBQ. Okay, WHBQ. I think. And they were publicizing the uh, B- uh, Bud Rappel and the Rain Man uh, yes, sir. Yes, sports sir. show. And they would come over on Channel 5 TV and, and publicize it. They were, in, they were interested in kind of getting involved in Memphis wrestling. So we did a thing where they brought these pictures of Elvis. And I took them and I smashed them and everything. And they wanted to, downtown Bruno, you got to replace these pictures. Then I came back with this... Uh, I remember that. It was like a clay. It looked like a drunk dude made out of clay or something right. like that. Yeah. And, and you, and put a, said, you just put an Elvis. Yeah. I said, Elvis. This was from Elvis. <laughs> they said, you, you know, good son. They busted over my head or something. So I said, we're going to have a match. And then it was me and Uptown Karen against your dad and uh, <clears throat> John Rainey. John Rainey. And then we did it again with me and Brandon Baxter against them at the Sheraton Casino. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was fun. You know, it, it was interesting having a match with somebody who's never had a match before against a young girl and a lazy guy, which is, which is me. I've always been Man. lazy in the ring. and that's always. Been, but I always felt like getting the most out of the least. I've always done it. I've made a career out of it. Right. You know, when I, Now I work hard. Since I've been out of the ring, I work harder than I ever had in my life. But I was in the ring. Not as a referee. I was never a lazy referee. Dan will tell you that. Oh, yeah. As a referee, I was jumping around and you know, everything. And only, Except back in my old. young days when I was hung over. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't drink anymore. Any less. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we had a... No, but it was, there was a young girl that was just dying to jump around in the ring. And your dad, who was, you know, pretty athletic. Mm-hmm. And John Rainey, who smoked 18 cigarettes Oh, per man, he would not... I think if you took a cigarette out of his mouth, another one would just pop right up there. I, yeah, he'd like the peasant's pension thing. <laughs> and we're trying to have a match. A lazy guy, a cigarette uh, smoker, your dad, and Uptown Karen. So she was really the only athletic one in the ring. And But you know what? It got over. It worked. And then we mm-hmm. did with Brandon, which was great because he did all the work, and I tagged in and, like, you know, flipped somebody in the ear and tagged back out again. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't know what it was like to not be lazy until I started refereeing and then working behind the scenes. But, I was always the laziest guy in the ring. Not when I was managing. Mm-hmm. I was lazy in the ring. But I'm not saying that to put myself down or be self-deprecating. I'm saying because I did it for a reason. Mm-hmm. When I did something, it meant something. All this bing, bang, boom, bang, boom, boom, boom. It don't mean nothing. Right. But when I was in the ring, I was very slow-paced. I would start off slow and taper down. But you know what? When I finally did something, it meant something. Right. I wanted what I – I wanted to lengthen my career, too. You know, I wasn't wanting to go through tables. I was wanting to sit on one. And the most, the most fun that, <laughs> <laughs> the, the most fun that I ever had was you refereeing any of my matches. I mean, there's still a, there's still a match that me and Greg King talk about oh my in God. Ripley, Tennessee, that and I know you remember match. it. I know you remember it uh, to this day. I was heel and Greg was face to this day. That was the most fun match either one of us have ever had. Make that Greg, three of us. Greg still talks about that. You know, I wish I had that on tape. I, I wish so I did, fun. too. That was so much fun. I mean, to, to lay this out for the listeners, it was a thing where no matter what Dan did, Dan was the bad guy. Greg King was the good guy. Whatever Dan did, I would I would count real, real fast, and I'd yell at him or whatever. But if, if 
Greg did something, I would like be tying my shoe or I'd look, <laughs> and the people were just laughing, and it was like so frustrating, you know, as far as the match went to Dan and and uh, the fun was, the funnest spot for us for me and Greg was uh, if you guys can picture this, um, you know the Indian Deathlock. Basically, where right. you know your legs are tied up and your opponent's legs are tied in there, and they bridge backwards like that and everything. Well, Greg's big thing was he would dive backwards and jack your leg up, you know. So he had my my legs folded up in the Indian deathlock style and everything, and he's he's falling backwards and you know wrenching my legs and everything. So Bruno comes over and <laughs> he looks at Greg straight up, and Greg's standing up and he's like. You really shouldn't do that. What are you doing? And he pushes Greg backwards, and it jacks my leg up again. <laughs> and I think they did it like two or three more times, and it just brought the house down. Everybody in the crowd just was uh, into the match. It was so funny, and you know, and I'm just you know, I working with Greg and Bruno that night. I mean, that was just the epitome of what wrestling should be. Yeah, it we be had a fun blast. for oh, all like three it. guys in the match. Right. And for the all people in the audience too, you know? Yeah. And the funnest, I'm going to tell you, the funniest thing in 36 years in the business, though, the funniest thing that ever happened to me, this is God's honest truth. We were wrestling in Ripley. Again, Ripley, Tennessee. Yeah. All places. Everything goes down <laughs> in Ripley. <laughs> you got to go back to Ripley. Apparently yeah. we have good times there. Yeah. <laughs> it was the old Ripley High School. We used to have the matches. It was Lawler against the Texas Ranger, which was Jeff Gaylord in a mask. He comes to the ring with a mask, a cowboy hat, the big, you know, long duster, you know, kind of like what Undertaker wears. And Jeff Gaylord wearing a mask? Yeah, he was. There. I can't imagine that. <laughs> this is before the bank robbery. Okay, began. okay, all right. I'm sorry, but he came. <laughs> he was the Texas Ranger with the mask, the, the the big long duster, the cowboy boots, the whole bit. He was going to wrestle Lawler, and I was the referee. So you know, I did a little, you know, cursory search. I pat Lawler down. Okay, you're okay. I patted Gaylord down. Oh, you okay? Gaylord takes off the big duster. He's got two six shooters, <laughs> two bandoleros of bullets. And Lawler goes, I guess finding a chain would be out of the question. (laughs) (laughs) I think we killed Ripley forever that night. I think so. Because me and Lawler, you couldn't see it on Gaylord because he had a mask on, but him too. We're laughing hysterically <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. match, and I we he would all would lock up and stop and just bust out laughing. I'd look at him, and I would laugh, and Gator oh, was God. laughing through the mask. And after that, then Buddy Wayne came and said, "What's wrong with y'all? What's wrong with y'all?" <laughs> and then I looked and I said, "Look at him!" And Lawler's laughing too, so he couldn't yell at me too much. Have you ever seen the video of? Um, I think it's it's Lance Russell and it's Jerry Lawler, and they're talking to the doctor. And Lawler cannot keep a straight face throughout the whole interview because, you know, they're they're kind of ribbing the doctor. And at some point, Lance Russell just like, I hear all these wrestlers get hemorrhoids, and Lawler just about loses it. Have you seen that video before? I really haven't. Seen uh, okay, it. we'll have to we'll have to get you that video because it's hilarious. <laughs> Lawler really just, just had a good time. Oh, whenever he, one of the funnest guys in the business. I wish Lawler was here right now. You know why? Because maybe he'd go over there and get me a apple juice. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody here seems to be doing it. Beer that man, Trey. Beer that man. Um, you know, and I did a. I got to do. I was lucky because um, when Dad, I was living in Jonesboro with Dad, he had. They, he was doing something with ASWF, I think, up there in Jonesboro. ASWF, yeah, yeah. And um, I got to be a special guest referee for a handsome Jimmy match. That must have been easy. Oh, pie. My, well, 
I couldn't get how crazy handsome Jimmy was. And, like, even in the back, he's just as crazy as he was out front. But one of the funnest spots I got to do, he was wrestling, I believe the guy was um, Dirty Dave. I don't remember the last name, but I, I remember Dirty Dave. Yeah, and, Little Dirty Dave, they called him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Handsome Jimmy grabs him by the nose with his index and middle finger, starts squeezing, and my job is to count one, two, three, and then slap the hand right. and watching Dirty Day. And I, I most fun moment of my life was <laughs> getting to getting to referee a freaking handsome I've Jimmy, handsome Jimmy for over thirty years. Great guy. Yeah, great guy, but still little yeah cuckoo. And for those at home. He was doing his finger. In his, <laughs> goes, oh, that's why I said a little cuckoo. We'll explain to him later that on radio they can't see what you do. Well, <laughs> well, is it one of the uh, still new at this? One of the yeah. funniest things uh, my trainer actually uh, mentioned to me that uh, Handsome Jimmy actually did to him. Uh, they've been, I guess, they've been working together in towns around the area and everything. And then one night, uh, Jimmy just he grabs a headlock and everything, and he. The spot he called was, all right, tackle, drop down, suck your own dick. <laughs> <laughs> and Ken said he dove down and got shot off and everything. He got through. He got about halfway through the spot, and he realized what he did, and he just started laughing. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to leave it at this. That explains a lot. Yes, it does. <laughs> 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 Ooh. Oh. Ooh, man. All right. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm working on getting Hansa Jimmy on this show, just yeah. so you know. We, we may have to Skype in Bruno, too, just to hear them go. That'd be great. Talk, oh, go. We, got along. we always got along real good. He was, he was just so smooth in the ring. I mean, honest to God, so mm-hmm. smooth. Uh, speaking of smooth, since we're. Definitely not talking about my voice. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's time that we introduce our other guest. You want to do? Oh, we want we want to transfer over to Trey here. We have. I, can I be the one to introduce him? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I, by all means, ladies and gentlemen, I'll let Dan Matthews explain exactly Trey's uh, credentials and so forth. But I would like to introduce a dear friend of mine and Dan's, and a, a well-respected member of the Mid South wrestling community, none other than T. Ray Brown. T. Ray Brown. Well, thanks for that induction, Bruno. Was a lot. <laughs> Welcome to the Oversell Podcast. Let's get you organized yeah, there. And yeah, get you. Let's switch them out here. Man, we're starting to sound like a real professional I know. podcast. We're <laughs> we switching like out guests, guests in guests here. Guests upon guests and This everything. is great. This well, is thank awesome. you for having me. I appreciate it. It's now, definitely honor to be here. For those of you that don't know T. Ray he is a former cameraman for uh, the promotion we had in West Memphis, NEW. Uh, he has been on, uh, he's actually been a cameraman for many shows, actually. Many shows. Many, many shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I countless shows, actually. <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, uh, you've actually, uh, we, we laughed a little bit earlier about uh, you refereeing. Right. And right. Uh, one time. <laughs> yeah. In Ripley, Tennessee. In Ripley, Tennessee, <laughs> where everything Man, happens. Ripley, Tennessee business. must be like the mecca for wrestling. The wrestling there's a, there's yeah. a there's like a there's a, like an undefined center of the universe hole, and it's uh, apparently in Ripley, Tennessee, Ripley, for the professional wrestling business. <laughs> but yeah, but now uh, Trey, me and Trey, have been uh, running up and down the roads together a while, and uh, you know, and, you know, Trey. What you what you what do you think? Um, I'll get your opinion on the state of WWE currently. How about that? Well, my opinion of WWE now, um, 
one I, I very seldom watch it now, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's it's definitely changed. Uh, do you have the network? I do not. You do not have the network. Have the okay. Network. Well, I have the network and I don't have cable, so I'm mm-hmm. a half and half with you. You know, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll fill you know, in all like, the holes. Like we all, we all, you know, I usually get my raw uh, from like uh, clips on Facebook and stuff. So, right. <laughs> you know, my raw and SmackDown is Facebook driven pretty much. Uh, but no, it, it, do you feel like um, do you feel like maybe WWE is? Uh, lost some steam maybe in the last few years or like they're picking up some steam and maybe like a resurgence maybe i think it has lost a lot of steam i think um in my personal humble opinion which i have a lot a lot of opinions to have but yeah i think since (laughs) since the closure of wcw and the having no competition or having Mm -hmm. nobody to compete to make it better i think the business has definitely gone uh in a decline yeah yeah with that's, no with no competition, it does, and you know, it, it, that's that's one thing I'm looking kind of looking forward to with Global Force. I think if Jeff Jarrett pulls his cards right, it, you know, it, down the road, especially working TNA, maybe it could move a little, give the little WWE a little bit more competition. And you have Ring of Honor yeah. that's starting to yeah. make some waves. Yeah, and Lucha yeah, Underground, and they're on television now. I mean, you have to have. I mean, you can have the network and all anything on the internet, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But the best avenue to have is actually television. You have to have television to get get your product out there. What what I think they actually need these these other promotions as far as a shot in the arm, it would be monetary wise. They really need good money. Backers. Ring of Honor definitely does. Yes, they really need. They good have money they backers. have the talent. They just put a little more money in production. And, and you see, that's the exact opposite with TNA. You know. <laughs> They, they just need to stop copying the WWE. They need to. Right, do, they exactly. need to get their own storylines. They need to get. They need to do better creatively. They have the production in place. They have the production in place, but they need the talent of Ring of Honor. Well, they lost their identity. I think once they left the six sided ring, mm-hmm. they, there was a niche. Yeah, six sided ring and the X division. Once I love. I love the six sided yeah. ring. Actually, I thought I, that was a very. It was, uh, it was different. I think is when they let Jeff Jarrett go. Yeah, that, that too. That Wait, Ho- too. When Hogan came in, that's when he got rid of the six-sided ring. Yeah. He wanted it to be more professional-like, like right. he knew, and old school, and four-sided. But I think, then I think once G- he left, I mean, they're back to the six-sided ring now. Well, I think GFW actually has a six-sided ring, don't they? Well, TNA still does now. They brought okay. it back. They brought it back? Yeah, yeah. Well, hey. And it may have just been like from this year when they just went to Destination America. But, I mean, they've they've had it since, Which, you know, at least this you year. You know, that's, that's rough to find them sometimes. I mean, it's... The, the easiest way to find it, look for the damn channel. Because that's, that's how it shows on the, on your TV guide. It just, damn. Yeah. Yeah, damn. What's the, what's the uh, prefix for it? Damn. No, what's what the prefix for it? Damn. T-Rite, you still? Is Ron Simmons are, in here or something? Yeah. <laughs> um, are you still, do you still work with any wrestling companies around? or? Uh, from time to time, I I may get a phone call that somebody wants to me to come work for him. And I I do uh, on occasion. Um, I, Dan, I was talking earlier. I hadn't seen Dan in probably in a, over a year, maybe two years, maybe two or three. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a while. So because I know I haven't stepped in a ring in about two and a, two two and a half. So so uh, it's probably been that long. Yeah, yeah. probably. But uh, I mean, I I enjoy you know working with the talent here locally and um, you've been you've been up to Ripley Tennessee a lot of times I know and yeah. uh, have have you uh, 
been on uh, been doing camera work or anything like that for any of the shows in Mississippi lately or anything? Or? Uh, the last show I did was here locally in Memphis uh, at the beginning of the year. I did a little camera work for them. Okay. Um, Which show was that? It was RSWF. RSWF, okay. That, now, that they film over there... On Saturday nights. Saturday nights, and that's around the Perkins area. That is correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we 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 try to we try to promote all the local shows, and you know, give yeah. give everybody a chance to go see something. You know. Yeah. You know, and like go see NWA Mid South Wrestling this Saturday night. Exactly. As always. Can I interrupt everybody for one second. Go ahead. Jim Ross just texted me and asked me was I on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. The, the, hey. the fake the fake uh hey. Harvey Whipple. You name. know what? See if he wants to call in and discuss it. We can get him on the show. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's not ready to call in or nothing, yeah. but I'm letting everyone know and I'm just texting my good friend. Well, he is my good friend. That's great. That I am not on any social media. Yeah, well, we hey, need to we need to tag Jim Ross in this broadcast. Yeah, hey, t- and tell Jim Ross we all said hello if that means anything. <laughs> it don't mean nothing that I said. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Um, Let's so, continue. RSWF, uh, MEW, all the local promotion. Right, I got a chance uh, to work with uh, Matt Rivera. You did? Nice, yes. Nice. Um, which Matt's a great guy. Was that the know? Memphis show that I was on? Too? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks to you. Because you gave me the yes, call. Yes, I did. Yeah. I remember that now. I did because he was looking for a cameraman, and right. I was like, "I've got a guy. <laughs> 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 I know a guy." And I, I always knew you had a guy, dude. Hey, yeah. <laughs> we can get married now. It's legal. <laughs> <laughs> we won't even get into that that debate. Hey, no. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, I think I'm going to head out to see Marvel Elite next week, next Friday night. Going to try and pay them a visit? Yep. See our old buddy, friend of the program, Alan Steele. Alan Steele. Have you ever worked with Alan? Uh, Numerous times. Alan Alan just had a birthday. He turned 39. Man, he's old. I didn't realize he was that old. (laughs) I thought I was older than he was. Yeah. Alan is great. We had actually had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Super great interview. Really yeah. nice guy. And Definitely plan to have him on again. Yeah. Oh, if it, well, if he comes back. He's definitely one of the top talents here in the area, no yes. doubt. Well, he's, I mean, he's, he's wrestled for damn near every Memphis promotion that there was, including the TV ones. You know, the only one he really missed out on was USWA, and he missed out on that by a couple of years. Yeah. And. They had Power Pro and all them ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, well, T Ray, I think we've come to the end of the show. The <laughs> <laughs> storyline of my life, I always. What, uh, you know, I, you were the closer. That's good. You're the closer. <laughs> we brought in the All Star pitcher, and now you're you're the closer. You're at the back half of the ninth <laughs> inning there. So he made the save. <laughs> he made the save. He saved the show. I made the save, and I closed the town. <laughs> now, are you on any social media? I am not. No, you're not no, on no. any social media. No, man, no you, Facebook, you, no Twitter. You no. off the grid, guys. Man, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Does Mississippi not have internet or something? <laughs> <laughs> I think they probably still have AOL. <laughs> exactly. I'm waiting for dial up now. Yeah. Those dial ups on yeah. Twitter, you know. My phone has dial up. Yeah. I got my MySpace page. Yeah. <laughs> He's just kidding. That's fake too. <laughs> I gotta tell this story about Bruno. Go ahead. It's, it's, uh, you got it. Do it. It's Go actually. It, 
It's actually non-wrestling related. All righty. And I won't say any names, but it's probably the funniest thing. One of the, well, one of the funniest things I've ever seen because it's hilarious to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were at a Christmas party over someone's house, which we all know. Okay. And the family was there. Uh-huh. And before the, <laughs> before the, the event, it was some, uh, some arguing going on amongst family. And so Bruno had talked to both sides of the argument, and, you know, I, I don't know the particulars, but anyway, we get to the Christmas party, and Bruno, with the horns out, mm-hmm. walks over to one of the arguing people and says, hey, you know, I was kind of nervous about coming over here because I think some stuff going to happen. He's like, oh, Bruno, don't start that tonight. We're not going to have that. Don't start it. Don't even bring it up. Yeah. Bruno said, okay, no problem. 30 seconds later, <laughs> oh God. he walks up to the other guy. Hey, I was kind of afraid to come over here tonight. It's going to be some arguing. And everybody was like, what is he, what are you talking about? And so before, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Lordy. So it was about to actually go down, like the arguing. And he goes out the back of the room like, well, you know, they're about to start. And Bruno starts and then leaves. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why that's why I'm friends with this man. <laughs> let you get, give me some more stories. We got time. You got <laughs> UT right? Okay. Um, no story about. Tell me. us about refereeing in Ripley, Tennessee. Ah, uh, and what an experience that was. What an was. experience. <laughs> I was uh. Actually, they're spectating. I wasn't even on the card. I was just there, just you know, to support the show. Mm-hmm. And so happened the referee, um, Richard, was late. And Brian Christopher, I think everybody pretty much knows who Brian is. Uh, yeah. He calls me out of the crowd. Wait, wait, who? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> calls me out of the crowd. I said, hey, you know, hey, we need to referee till Richard gets here. I mean, uh, you know, I said, well, Richard's probably 10 minutes out. No problem. You know, I'll wait. I'm mm-hmm. stalling for time. I really don't want to go out there, but I will, you know. So he goes over the match with me, and I go through the match, and I do what I suppose was I supposed to do. And later on that night, you know, Randy Hale, well, thank you for coming up. I appreciate you working with me, blah, blah. So a week later, Bruno calls me, and I'm at home. And he said, well, yeah, um, Randy Hale's called me and said that they closed the show down in Ripley. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Like okay, well, stop playing. You know, I was just there last week, so stop playing. You know, he said, "No, I'm serious. If because of you, they closed the show back." <laughs> I'm like, "Are you serious?" He said, "Yeah, man, I'm serious." I'm, I'm like, "Man, stop playing. You know, this that cannot happen." He said, "No, I'm serious." <laughs> so after the third time, I'm like Bruno's really serious. They closed. <laughs> the, the guy, the owner, didn't like the way the match ended. I refereed, and I was inexperienced, yeah. and I didn't know what I was doing, so they, he, they shut the show down. Uh, that's been the main problem with that owner for years. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's, that's what happens when uh, inexperienced guys own buildings and put on wrestling shows and think they can have something to do with it. That is it, correct. But as, as, as long as he's been around the business and put on shows, then he, you know, he should know. Yeah, would you would but, think he would know yeah. something about it, but, right. you know. And, you know, I, I, just about if you're listening locally and you've wrestled in Ripley, Tennessee, you know which building I'm talking about and you know which owner I'm talking about because just about everybody who's ever ran Ripley, Tennessee knows this guy. And uh, I I got to say, I've I've worked for seven promoters alone in that building in a span of three years. Well, this that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this sounds like seriously, this is was this the Mecca of wrestling? 
this just the center of every Ripley, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if there was something drama dramatic that was going to happen in the wrestling business, I bet it would happen in Ripley, Tennessee, on a Saturday night. True. <laughs> what goes on in Ripley stays in Ripley. Yeah, that was right. When Hogan slammed Andre the Giant, was that not in Ripley? Tennessee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was simulcast. <laughs> it was a little bit further out. It was, actually, it was before you get there. It was in Covington. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell this funny story about Dan. Uh-oh. Oh, yes. Oh, that, Lord. Please that, do. Please do. Dan um, and I were going to, I want to say Truman or, no, it wasn't Tuckman. It had to be Truman, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this or not, but we were. I'm sure I will in a second. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were driving. <laughs> we were driving Dan's truck. We had a, a Tahoe who was going to Truman. And we were just talking, just talking, laughing about, you know, the show and what we we're going to do. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see this hawk. Oh, my God. I remember now. <laughs> Comes from nowhere and just flies right into Dan's truck. I mean, there, there was no cars around or nothing. nothing. And this hawk just, just picks my Yukon to drive out in front of, you know, <laughs> and just fly right out in front of there. And I think it hit, hit your light, I think. And it hit one of the front headlights. Like supports or something, and it cracked it. It broke it. I, you know, but you couldn't tell by looking at it. But the funniest thing was to look in the rearview mirror and see a hawk doing pretty much like a three sixty spin <laughs> into the ditch. <laughs> and I was like, man, I killed a hawk. <laughs> it was like, you know, it's it's so funny. It was like, you know, life experiences like that. I mean, like you can't make. Shit right. like that up. It was, just, it was like it was like you were watching in slow motion. It was I like, know. It's are like, you serious? Are is you that hawk gonna come out here and wham? Uh, he did. <laughs> well, that you know that I have a wrestling story like that. Um, Bruno, did you never know Sexy Sam Dollar? I met him. I didn't okay. really know him. Okay. Well, me and Dad, we had a match against him and Austin Lane. And this was at the Big Fourth and the Four show. And for some reason, and I wish he wouldn't have worn them, but he wore these really thick cowboy boots laying on the mat and I'm looking up. The man kicks me in the forehead and leaves a print of his foot. And I had a print in my foot for two, we- two weeks. And I turn over and I was like, man, I got to turn over because hopefully he's not going to kick me in the back of the head. And in, sure enough, square in the back of the head, the hardest damn kick I think I've ever felt in my life. Mm-hmm. And Dan taught me, and Dan told me from now on, always look for yeah. what you have. Coming at you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Yeah. But you know, I was just a little guy helping out his dad for you know. I don't know why. I don't get why they had me brought in. I was, but I was going to do it. Sure. But Austin Lane treated me very professionally, and oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, Austin is a great guy. Uh, I just, I think that he may have. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Been premature in deciding he didn't want to be in the ring anymore. In the retirement yeah. decision, yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder. But th- th- you know, there's the- he fell in, and I don't even think he meant to. He fell into that classification where, oh, I'm going to retire, and then six, eight months later, I'm back in the wrestling business. You know, and I, I, I don't know what the reasoning behind it is, but I do plan on questioning him when we do have on the show. Yep, right. Working you know, on that. I, I, I'd, I'd like to hear his side of the story, and I don't want to prejudge anybody, you know, off of, you know, just what I've seen, you know. But, you know, if, it's bottom line, it was his choice to get back in the ring. You know, if he wants to do it, it's up to him. Well, a lot of people sacrificed, including myself. A lot of people Time did sacrifice. And, and trouble. And money. And money. Yes. Betty Butler. Yes. 
to to make it a special event. Yes. And you know, I, I plan on I plan on asking him that when we have him on the show, and I, I well, will and I will give him a heads up on it to prepare an answer to. <laughs> yeah, well, and I wonder if something if you know Nikki still being in it had something to do with it as well. From my understanding, Nikki's from a wrestling family anyway. Okay, so I mean, you know, I don't ever think Nikki was plan had planned on leaving the ring. Um, I, I I honestly think too that he wanted to create something else because um, I know he created a I believe it was. Uh, UWW, it was a, it was one of those uh, custom women's matches uh, companies. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah I think he created that too, and I think he was going to try to concentrate on something like that. But I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything out of them in a while, of, as far as UWW goes. But you know, I don't know if they're planning on still doing it or if it fell through or what what the deal is with that. But I'll, I we do plan on having him on the show, and I've got plenty of questions for him on. You remember that, this? So. I consider him a dear friend. If he came over here at night and said. Can I stay at your house for a month? I would say absolutely. Here's a key. <clears throat> That's how you know much I like him mm-hmm. as a person, yeah, and as a friend. But I'm just I'm baffled about that. When I made my decision to get out of the ring, I got the hell out. And when I made my decision, I got the hell out too. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I made my decision based off of how my knee is, you know. And I it was either you can keep you can keep wrestling or you're not going to be able to walk like a normal human being. Right. In a few years, and if you keep wrestling, you know. I know what you mean. I, so, I made my decision on I sucked worse than I did in my prime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go get any better. I wasn't going to say that about myself, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you look at some of my matches back in my so-called prime, if I ever had one, uh, I would have had to improve dramatically to be the shits. but i knew how to get over i knew how to like i said probably two hours ago like dirty harry said a man has got to know his limitations Mm -hmm. i know what i could do but i knew my career was over i'm gonna let t ray brown tell you this story when i knew my career was definitely over in the ring is when he attacked me and tried to break my leg <laughs> on a Friday night when we came back from NEW one night. Really? You can ask him right in front of my home where you're sitting now. <laughs> and Uh-oh. You can ask him what happened. He attacked me and left me for lame. Oh, oh really? All right, really? T-Ray. Let's okay, hear the, well, i got to hear this rebuttal. Oh, yeah. I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave it at that. Oh, no, no criminal activity was committed on the property. <laughs> Man, hey, no one important really. Is no charges here. pending. Let's hear the story. <laughs> well, we were leaving a um, a show, uh-huh. and I was um, using some camera equipment because I take I'm a do a little photography on the side, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we get to the house and he's having me take some lights out of the truck, mm-hmm. and I think before they pave the street out here, it's like this big <laughs> dip, probably about. I don't know, about eight inches deep, I guess. Yeah. And they had just paved it. And so as he was trying to, trying to take a step to the yard, I guess he forgot in his own yard. <laughs> they had paved he it. done it that day. No, 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 okay. Oh, that day? <laughs> okay. And so he, he took a step and he just twisted his ankle. And he almost, I don't know, almost killed himself. Oh, God. And, uh, 
he's always blamed me for that, you know. Yeah. See, he, has, he has a tray leg. I think so you, you jumped him and uh, left him for dead. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> I guess I, I'm the only person that he wrestled. You've been in the business, what, 36 years? Yeah. And I'm the only person that injured him. So, hey, I take credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie. You put, you put his ankle in the chair and then you stepped on it, didn't well, you? <laughs> now, let me tell you what really happened. <laughs> Out of the car, I was reading from the Bible. Yes, of course, <laughs> as, as you always do when you come back from wrestling shows. Yes. Well, wait, 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 were you were you dr- reading from the Bible and drinking apple juice? Oh no, I was drinking uh, uh, holy water. Holy water. <laughs> and Trey jumps out of the car, says. I hate white people. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, no. And he hit me with a baseball bat. Oh, you're right in the knee. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> as I laid there, he oh, said, no. that's what you get for trusting me. Ha, 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 That's oh, all I man. remember to this day. Yeah. Did he, he Reggie be find you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then he, he wrote. Said, Nobody he will ever believe you. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, the truth is, they had just paved my street. That's a true story. Uh-huh. Now, they raised up the pavement probably about, you know, six to eight inches. They didn't put – if you when you leave, you can see what I'm talking about. Yeah. They put gravel, and they built it up next to the pavement from everybody's yard. They had just done it that day. That day – so, you know, when you're used to your home, I, at that time I was in my house for 15 years. Mm-hmm. You're used to – you get out of your car, you know, the, yeah. you, know you step out. That was the day that, that they had done it. They had done it, and I wasn't used to it. So he says, hey, would you help me carry these lights over to my car from yours? I said, sure. I pick them up. I step out of the car. I didn't, you know, didn't, <laughs> didn't, you know, realize that it just happened that day. And I stepped down, and I fell. I turned my ankle to the point where I fell over. I dropped the lights. I was hurting. Oh, man. Even to, Trey even told me, he goes, you'll be hurting in the morning. Yeah. He was right. Mm-hmm. And I had to drive to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. I just taped it as tight as I could. I could barely walk. Now, to this day, I call that my tray leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it gets real cold or I get to hurting or whatever, yeah. I'll tell my wife. She says, what's wrong? Why are you walking so slow? I'll say, my tray leg's acting my up. My tray leg's <laughs> acting up. <laughs> well, I don't have a leg named after me. So. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, guys... How long have we gone so far? We've been talking for the, about what, an hour and forty minutes. Hour and forty minutes. You know, um, I think we could save. We Can we get you guys? We gotta get you guys back on another time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you. This has been awesome. This has been time. one of the fun, most fun episodes we've had to date. Absolutely. Twelve episodes in, we've already had the most fun we can have. Yeah. Good How are you going <laughs> to top it next time? Yeah. It's well, all on Trey. Trey, <laughs> you got to. T- well, you're going to have to text message. Don't me. let Trey. <laughs> Help you take your equipment out to the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> we will try not to. We'll keep an eye on Dre. Well, I want to thank you guys for having us now, on. Yeah, we really had a blast. Yeah, uh, we want both it. of you back. You know, you um, guys. Uh, and I want to apologize for um, <laughs> people that turned off when Bruno was talking. <laughs> but um, I had a lot of fun, guys. Thanks for having. Oh, me. Thank you guys Absolutely. for thank you having for you being on. on. Um, it's like Mama says. Hit bees that way sometimes. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, we always end. These, well, we're trying to these days. We always end up with uh, superstar of the week, Mike Bruno. 
Bruno. <laughs> Trey. <laughs> Hervina. Hervina, there you go. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we're going to wrap it up for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, however you are, you're listening to us, oversellpodcast.com. Be sure to go to oversellpodcast.com and click that Amazon link and start shopping. Uh, follow us on Twitter uh, at Oversell Podcast. I am at Shropenuts, S C H R O E P N U T S. I am at One Dangerous Dan, all spelled out. At Wolf Mike 23. All right, that's it for this week. We will talk to you guys next, next week. Woo! Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.